Hey guys, welcome back to the Between Takes podcast. This week we have a very special guest. We have Olivia Sway, who is who is incredibly talented, so funny, is one of the leads of Smosh on YouTube, which is a massive comedy channel, and she has an amazing story. Be sure to like and subscribe on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe on the YouTube channel, which is Between Takes Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Between Takes Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Olivia Sway, who is also my roommate's girlfriend. Also half your roommate, too, because I'm always there. (laughs) She's here a lot. So um, she also lived here for a period of time. So she's essentially another roommate to me. And I'm, I'm your wife. She's my wife. Um, <laughs> and other than that, she's exceptionally funny and talented and just so fun to be around. So Olivia, thank you for coming on our podcast. Thank you. That's so nice. That's so nice of you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lighthearted podcast, you know? Yeah. 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 This episode is probably going to be so much better than the one we did with Sam, honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to beat Sam in anything because he is so funny. <laughs> He's honestly just funnier than me. And <sighs> looking and um, just better at everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's like necessarily true just from an outside perspective. Yeah. I don't, I don't find him funny at all. Really? <laughs> Oh no, he's probably he's honestly probably one of the funniest people I know on earth. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't fuck it up. You know how there's like the uh, (laughs) the Scoville. Yeah, right. For for heat, yeah. Yeah, for heat. I wish we had that for like funniness, so I can. He'd be up there. He'd be in the hundred thousand whatever. Trying to go like yeah okay I'll, I'm gonna try really hard to make it and <laughs> Sam does. I love your you, y'all's dynamic. It's amazing. It's really funny to see you guys like operate together. It's it's Aww. great. Thank you so much. It, there's not there's not a. I feel like most of the time there's not enough space in a relationship for two like very funny people. So when you see that work, I think it's really nice. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like our relationship is a big improv class. You know, always. That's so. That's so clutch. That's so good. That's really awesome. Yeah, I know that if I say a stupid joke, he will be there to, um, you know, lift me back up. (laughs) Or or play on that and say an even stupider joke. Right. Like it's always who's going to say the more stupid thing. Right. And yeah, it's it's great. It's great. I think. I think we should just start charging people to watch us. Yeah, I think uh, I think that'd be a great idea. Yeah, I've had a free front seat, front row seat for. Well, also Graham is back, and he's so funny. Yeah, yeah, Graham for. Yeah, Graham and I have very similar humor. Really? Yeah. Oh, then I know what you like. (laughs) Yeah, you do. It's very similar. Yeah, I don't know if we can talk like that. No, no, we can't. We can't on this podcast. No. (laughs) My mother listens to this. Oh, okay, great. Okay. Yeah, now- yeah, 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 yeah. Grams are our other roommate, just for people listening. So yeah. there's and a yeah, lot. Sam, Graham, and Sam. And almost heart. Yeah. 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 
Wow. Thank God, thank God it wasn't. Well, you would have had to do a name change. It would be have it would have to be like Ham. Like Pam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. Pam. Pam. <laughs> What's up? Why am I here on this podcast? What do you mean? I'm not sure. <laughs> Who, why am I here? I Look, you mean. Have you ever acted, Olivia? No, never. This is the most <laughs> acting I've done. Acting like I know what's happening right now. Hey, come on. You've been acting for this, a really long this, time. This episode is just garbage. <laughs> what <do you> mean? <laughs> I'm kidding. It's been a long day and all I've had today is coffee So and some seaweed. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, let's get into it. So, <laughs> Liv... Tell yes. us, tell us what brought you to LA, how your career started, um, and what that sort of journey was like for you. Okay, this is what happened. My parents had me, and uh, they lived in China, and they were like, "Oh, we gotta give our kids a better future." Um, well, actually, not really. That's how most immigrant stories go. Well, my parents. We're like, oh, there's like a lot of money to be made in America. So let's go to America. And um, they brought me. I was two years old. And um, my mom just immediately put me in every extracurricular activity ever. Like I was in oil painting class. I was in golf lessons. I was in ballet class. I was in um, like storybook writing class. I was in acting class. And out of all those classes, my favorite one was, um, my favorite ones were dancing and acting. And I didn't really think too much of it because I was really, really young. And the reason why my mom put me in acting class was so I could stop being such a shy little person. Um, I was so shy, like I hated talking. I would, I remember my first day of ballet class, I just stood in the corner in the back because I just like did not, I was so shy. My mom was like, okay, well maybe like acting class will help you because we heard this radio ad for this acting school in LA. Then I started going and I just loved it so much. And and I had to decide what I was going to do after high school. So um, it was either dance or, because I was, because this university in LA was like, hey, you don't have the grades to be in our school, but you uh, can dance for us. And I was like, man, do I really wanna be a professional dancer? And I was like, nah, I'll just stick to acting and um, go to community college and see where that, you know, where that goes. And so somehow in my second year of community college, I was in this acting class and all these my friends in my acting class were like, Hey, there's this app called vine. Like you should get on it. It's six seconds. Like you can just be silly and do whatever. And during that time I started going to UCB as well, which is the upright citizens brigade. And it's a really awesome improv school. So then through that, I never knew I liked comedy like that much until I started going to improv shows and shooting vine videos. And I was like, wow, like I really, really love comedy. And so from then on, I kind of got recognized through the app and there's this YouTube channel that um, they were looking for a, like an ensemble, like an SNL ensemble, but on YouTube. And so um, I don't know if you guys know who Jason Nash is, but um, he kind of was like, hey, you should, I'm going to give your contact to this casting director and you should just like 
try it out. I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't really watch YouTube. I don't really know um, what it is. And then I remember I went to the audition. I was about to leave because I was like, it was too long. I was waiting there an hour and I was like, you know what? I don't even know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to like leave. And the casting director comes out and she was like, Hey, like, where are you going? I'm like, Oh, nowhere. And she's like, come like, let's, let's do this. And so I was like, okay. And she's like, do you have three characters prepared? And honestly, this is probably the worst thing ever. I was not prepared. Um, I didn't have three characters, but then I just like came up with it on the spot. And, um, and then I, and they hired me after like a few more auditions and they're like, Oh, like join us. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And, um, cut to five, six years later. Now I'm here. Crazy. Sorry. didn't even give you guys any room to talk, but no, that's what, this is all about you. It's not about us, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I went. So crazy talking about it, like in the span of like two seconds, but this happened in like the span yeah. of a decade, you know? Yeah. And it, it feels like when you're going through it, it feels like forever. It takes so long and it feels like it may, you know, things may never. I know. There. But then when you look back on it, it's, it feels like it's like that. Yeah. I, I so crazy. I, this is so cliche, but it's so crazy where life takes you when you just kind of have an open mind. Um, yeah. In, in, in Asian American culture, like being um, an actor or anyone, you know, creative, it's, it's, it's kind of rare, you know? So my parents had no idea anything about like Hollywood or the entertainment industry. They were just like, you know, here are, if you want to do it, just, you know, do it the best you can and always say yes to opportunities and work really hard. So I guess with that type of mentality, it just brought me to different, you know, places in my life. Um, but I would have to say like shooting six second vines and all that isn't like what we do for Smosh. Like Smosh really taught me how to, how to uh, write a full sketch, how to come up with characters. And it was like, a really, really great, I feel like that was my college experience, like learning so much. On our first day of work, they gave us a laptop and they were like, okay, just write. And I'm like, I don't know, I've never written in my life. Like what's final draft? And they're like, just do research, watch some sketch videos and then come up with um, come up with something. I'm like, dude, I, I have nothing. I remember my first six months working there, I really struggled because I've never been in a writer's room. And I remember we'd have like these three hour long writer's rooms and I would not say a word for like three hours. It like brought me back to when I was like in ballet class when I was five years old, like in the corner of so shy, like afraid to speak up. Um, but yeah, it was like a big, big learning curve for me to um, come up with jokes really easily and like think of ideas and riff off of other people. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but I feel like greatness comes when you're not comfortable and all both those situations you clearly were uncomfortable and you 100 percent made something great out of it and you've learned so much through that yeah it, i was i was i was at a level 100 of uncomfortable i just was like i i was like i'm gonna get fired like i have no jokes what is a joke i'm like nothing prepared me for this like going to ucb 101 like did not help me at all for this 
Um, and yeah, and I was, I was really intimidated. And even though our audiences cared to uh, younger, like I was still like, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm confident enough to do this. Um, however, in the middle of uh, my four years at Smosh, they enrolled us in Groundlings classes. So we were able to do private lessons for a couple of months, like on the weekends for like eight hours. Like we would just dedicate um, the weekends for uh, sketch writing, character building and all of that. And that really helped me. But yeah. And you want to know something really funny? We used to we used to shoot all our sketches in Sacramento every other week. I did that for three years. I hated it so much. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys like know this feeling, but when you spend so much time with your, you know, your colleagues, you get really sick of them. Like, <laughs> I remember we spent about like 30 days. We didn't have a day off, like 30 days with each other. And I, and we would just, we wanted to kill each other. Yeah. Shooting this movie that I'm doing right now where we can't go anywhere. We have to like be sort of, it's like the bubble almost like right. we can't, go in any stores we can't go in any restaurants and it's just essentially seeing the same people for 30 days it's the same thing where it's like you, we don't see anyone else just the cast and crew and it's so um it's so different i'm not used to that so i'm getting a taste of that now which has just been so odd yeah um it just i before i not openly talk about this but it was a really, really rough, like two, three years because we were, they were working us like crazy. Um, especially when we had the groundlings training classes on the weekends, like there was no, nothing. I, I couldn't do other things. Like I remember I would have to try and make it work to somehow fit in pilot season or go on auditions. But realistically, like I couldn't put any time or anything into my, my personal projects because I was right. so occupied um, doing this. And not a lot of people like know that, you know, people on the internet work really, really hard too. And a lot of times they're like, oh, they're just vlogging or um, uh, this looks so easy, right? Cause it's so easily accessible to people on their phones and whatnot. But it's a lot of, a lot of hard work that goes into making internet content. Yeah. Do you, um, do you remember your first sketch where you were like, I did it? Yeah, I do remember. We have this, um, we have this like series called every blank ever. And it's just this formula that works really well for us. And I wrote this silly sketch called every Starbucks ever, like all the, all the tropes and the things that happen at a Starbucks and it's, and I, and I wrote it and it was the first video to hit like, a million in 24 hours, like, or less than that. And now I think it's at like 30 million views. Some it's, it was, it's a lot, insane amount of views. And that was a sketch that I was like, Oh, wow. Like people like my stupid jokes, you know? And like, I think that kind of made me realize like, Oh, I do have a funny voice in me and I can write, I guess. So yeah, but there's this all, also, I've written so many sketches that just never made it because um, it's humor that it's not catered to our audience, which is another thing that I learned is writing jokes for our audience and things that may be really funny to me might not translate or work. Um, 
there's this really funny sketch that I really, really wish we made. Um, I don't know if I should tell you guys. I'll tell you guys and you guys can cut it out later on if you want. <laughs> but, it's, but it's about um, a bunch of ISIS terrorists that they come to America for the very first time. And they're about to do some crazy, like terrible shit. Right. And then they're really hungry and they're like, hmm, what's this place? They look to the right and it's Outback Steakhouse. They go in this Outback and they order a Bloomin' Onion and they realize how delicious this Bloomin' Onion is. And they call off all their like um, attacks because they're like just so, you know, mesmerized and obsessed with this Bloomin' Onion. They, they were like, you know what? America has given us so much. We're going to take this Bloomin' Onion recipe and go back home and start our own Outback Steakhouse. And that was my version of solving terrorism. Anyways, so yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right, I wonder if we can leave that in or not. I mean, um, hmm. I think, I think I we could. I can pitch you guys. They were just, okay, so the moral of the story is that I wrote like a lot of... Um, sketches that were just for my own personal, you know, entertainment. And we were so close to making it, um, but we never did because it was like, eh, you know, it's a, I don't know if our audience or YouTube algorithm is ready for that, but yeah. Uh, are your, um, are your parents funny? No, not at all. So um, did they, did they get you or they think you're odd? They, well, Cameron's met my mom. She's like the sweetest lady with no <laughs> sense of humor. Um, she does not understand sarcasm at all. Like, I'll be like, mm. yeah, mom, I'll do this. And she'll be like, okay. Like, she's <laughs> And um, my dad actually still, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he knows what I do, to be honest. <laughs> um, I think he knows that I do some type of internet thing, but. I don't really know if he knows what I do, but my, my dad has no sense of humor. I think I got my sense of humor from my uncle, uncle Jeff, my mom's twin brother. He mm. is so funny and just strange and weird. And I think that's where I got my humor from. Olivia's mom is so sweet. She's yeah. the sweetest person in the entire planet. She's like this, the sweetest. Like I, every time I talk about her, I could cry. She's just like the most like loveliest big hearted but they've always just been very supportive of you. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of Asian Americans, like their parents are like, ah, like you want to be an actor. You're going to go ruin your life. But um, my, my mom has always been my biggest cheerleader. That's awesome. And yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm really fortunate that I have that family dynamic sure. where they support everything I do. My do mom. Still... Go ahead. Go ahead. My mom like always said, she's like, even if you want to go scrub toilets, you're going to be the best toilet scrubber in the world. Like she was always like, if you're going to do something, you better do it to the fullest and be the best at it. Are you, do you still currently take classes or do any sort of improv? Um, yeah, um, before workshops, before the pandemic, I was doing groundlings because mm -hmm. I loved it so much. It was also the thing. This is also a funny thing that people I, I just noticed um, at the Groundlings classes, it's actually pretty nerve wracking, I think, because you have to like, there's a, there's a big final test for you to get to the next like level. And um, I remember I looked down on the carpet and there were people's fingernails, like fingernail <laughs> clippings on the floor. Cause I think they were so nervous. Like they were going, they were biting. <laughs> oh my God, just <laughs> shredding their fingers up. 
Yeah, because because on, the finals were so nerve wracking. I remember I would like panic for like days. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get to the next level. Like, I can't. Like, it's yeah, it's nerve wracking. Um, yeah, I try to consistently take classes. I remember during the uh, beginning with the pandemic, I was taking acting lessons, and everyone thought I was sleeping through them. I fell asleep on her acting class on zoom for like hours no 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 i was not we were doing an exercise where we had to lay back down and close your eyes and we were doing the uh like uh like uh where you where you close your eyes and you think about all the details of this imaginary home anyways it's an uh, yeah yes yes all right what was <laughs> but but you fell asleep like for two hours too long in the end. No, no, no. I was not asleep. Um, the sun was really hitting my eyes and I was squinting. It looked like I was asleep. But I- <laughs> Liv, going back to the uh, the Groundlings um, final, I remember when you were here and you were really nervous about that and yeah. you were practicing those characters. What inspires you to make a character or create a character? Um, it's a really good question. I think for me, because I already do it so much at Smosh, I wanted to find original characters, you know, um, and I wanted to find ones that weren't derived just from my, my, my work space. I wanted to find ones that I, you know, can really use as well. And yeah, also like sometimes I'll see people walking on the street and like, I'll just like watch them for a really long time. And then I'll think of like how they talk and like how they move through life. And that's how I think of characters, but it also helps a lot when I'm writing, like envisioning how I want this person to behave in this certain situation. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just like pops. Also impro- uh, improvising with Graham, Patrick Martin really helps. He's Sam and Cam's roommate. And sometimes we just like do these improv scenes that when no one's watching that last like 20 minutes too long. <laughs> and Sam want to kill us. There's absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great dynamic, honestly. I, when I when I saw you guys it uh the I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, you guys kept going back and forth on some improv like act offs, and it was very funny to watch. Really? I don't mm-hmm. even remember. Yeah, and you both just go as far as possible, which I find hilarious. Yeah, Graham is really great. I mean, everybody that you know, Cameron mm. too. Like Cameron does this really silly voice um, that he does, and it's really really funny. <laughs> Or <laughs> yeah, it's always so lighthearted and fun. Yeah, I think I like to surround myself with people like that. Sure. Yeah. Well, it makes you feel like you can be and you can speak freely, which yeah. there's a lot of environments that you can't, especially this day and age. So it's nice when you find that that you can do that with someone or a group of people. I think it's really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Liv, in terms of. Uh, auditioning like what's your process do you find it extremely nerve-wracking are you super confident when you go in a room has it always been that way what does it feel like for you I think I think we've come to realize that I have zero confidence in a lot of things that I do um I am not a good auditioner 
Like, I feel like I get really in my head and I um, get really nervous. And I think there's always this expectation that I have to, you know, do it the same way that maybe I've rehearsed it and felt it. it's, I'm not a good audition at all. Like, I feel like I actually suck at it. <laughs> I hate it. I mean, it's, it's a totally separate process from acting. Yeah. It's completely different. And it's yeah. like, how it's, it's just like the process is so strange to me, but it's necessary. And when you think about it, it's weird. You have to go in this room and meet these people and read off of them. And, um, Sometimes they are not acting and sometimes they're very like deadpan and you're trying to emote and there's nothing being reciprocated back. So I find that challenging sometimes, but also sure. great exercise. Yeah. yeah. Not a good. Are you guys good auditioners? Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I don't like tapes at all. I like in the room because at least I can kind of talk to them about the character and can kind of take some notes on the spot before I even do the audition, which I like doing. I like kind of, cause I don't want to go in the full other direction from what you're looking for. I'd rather figure out what it is that you are trying to find and then sort of piece that into what I'm doing in the audition. And with a tape, uh, you, you don't have that immediate like thing. And, and it's so frustrating because everything right now basically is tapes like with how COVID is. So yeah. It's, a, it's now I'm navigating this area that I've never enjoyed before. Honestly, I don't like tapes. Um, and I don't, I, I like being in the room because everybody's backgrounds the same. Everybody's cameras, the same, all the lighting is the same. Like it's all, all that stuff is not a distraction, but mm -hmm. if my lighting or my background or whatever it is, it looks wildly different than the one before. I just feel like it's so chaotic. Yeah. And I feel like that it's very jarring sometimes to like, maybe I'm cropped in too close or too far. Like it's just things that I'd much rather just go in the room and do. I still don't like auditioning, like even in the room, but I do like it more than I do tapes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you two are very charismatic as well. So it's like in the room, people can feel your charisma. Yeah. Likeable people. Yeah, it's also like it can be really fun when you go in an audition too, you know. So yeah. that's kind of missing from what we do is that yeah, that element of like feeling those nerves and going in and whether you do great or not great, it's just it's still an, an experience. And mm -hmm. with what it is now, it's it's just there's no connecting and our whole business is about connecting. So I did one of the first things that I did when I moved to L.A. was uh, intern at a casting office. And I did that for, um, I think I forgot to mention that in the episode that we did, but yeah. it was a huge part of my, like getting really comfortable in a room because I did it for about a year and I would just go like operate the camera. Like I would just, I was supposed to just follow them. And eventually like they had me reading lines with some of these people, but I would sit there, I got very close to the casting directors. And when the person would leave, I would hear what they were saying, the casting directors, and I would see what was working for them. Now, every casting director is obviously different, but these ones that I was working with were successful and were booking a lot of great things at that time. So when I would hear them talk about what it is that they liked or didn't like, I took that to heart. And it was something that helped me sort of ease into it. And it was a really nice uh, part of my, I guess, journey into to being comfortable in a room. 
Yeah, yeah. I always want to know what they're talking about. You know? I know. That's like what I feel like every actor wants to know is what are they saying the moment you walk out of the door? Yeah. And it was some of the best things and some of the worst things. Like it was, it's really, um, but it all, you know, only the worst things I feel like came from when somebody was very like rude. Like there was, that's what blew my mind is like, I'm always going into these situations like hopeful or like, you know, maybe nervous or something, but it's, I've never gone in like angry at a casting director or like giving attitude to one or like making it seem like I'm better than them. Yeah. And the ones that came in and did that, it always blew my mind. Like, I was like, what, what's your, what's your angle here? Like, that's, that's crazy. Don't you yeah. want a job? Yeah. But it was like this dynamic that they just like, it was like, they were angry to be doing it. It was like a waste of time. It was usually from my experience, ones that had had like a, a good amount of success early on and then came in and were auditioning and felt like they didn't need to have to audition. It felt it, it seemed like there was like an entitlement to like I don't need to be here and auditioning with people, and that's where I saw that most of the time, which is unfortunate. Can't let it get to your head. No, you can't. Yeah, I mean, everybody. We're always just trying to work, you know. Yeah, you can't expect it to to not have to work once you've like had some success. It's how you got that work was by being eager to get it in the first place. So yeah. Liv, um, what's the worst audition you've ever had in your entire life? Um, I think. Oh, this one was like years ago. It was terrible. I think about it sometimes because I'm like, Oh, thank God I'm not there right now. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> This is probably the last commercial audition I ever went on, but um, it was like so weird. They wanted, like I can cry on the spot, but it's also just like, I was just, this was in my head. I was like, this is so weird. Like this was like some commercial for insurance or something. And they put a chair in the middle of this room and there was about like seven people around you. And they were like, okay, now cry. And I was like, what? This is so like what you see in like a, a like a, like a comedy about Hollywood. And like, and, and I was like, okay. And I wasn't getting there because I thought this was like, just like <laughs> weird thing, you know? And, um, and then the person started describing to me like, oh, imagine like your boyfriend dying. And I'm like, <laughs> okay and um yeah I it was just such a weird odd experience and I would totally be all in for it if it was like there was some kind of context to this there was no context no story just, just to sell insurance cry. <laughs> and then, I was like yeah I don't think this I did not get that um but yeah That's that was okay. a weird experience um but I, I, there's also like great experience. Like there's also great auditions, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, I always feel like there's more good than bad with it yeah. for I, everyone. Like I'll be driving stuck in traffic and I'll think about that day. And I'm like, <sighs> there's always, there's always like one or two that you like just think about when, and they just pop up in your head from time to time. And mm -hmm. That sucked. Yeah. For sure. You know. No.
What are your guys's? I had one like that where they asked me to cry one time, just on the spot. It was after the audition. They just said, um, and it was for something on HBO. And I, I flew back, like, <laughs> I was in Arkansas with my family on like the 18th or 19th or 20th of December. And they wanted to read on like the 26th or 27th, like a day or two after Christmas. And I usually just stay throughout New Year's, like with my family. And so I flew back to LA, like the day after Christmas, went and did this audition and did the read. It was all great and whatever. And then after it, the it was a producer session. It was like they really wanted me to come in. And I met, there was, you know, eight, nine people. And the, this guy said it wanted me to just cry, just cry. Like uh, it had nothing to do with the audition, just wanted me to cry. And see if I could do it right there, like on the spot after the fact. And I did not do well. I did not cry and I did not get it. It was, but I also, I remember my acting teacher always saying like being crying, like you can cry. A lot of people can cry, you know, yeah. it doesn't make you a really great actor. Like it just means no. cry. And that's awesome. No. So I always remember that, like, just because you can, do that doesn't mean that or it just because you can't do that doesn't mean you're a bad actor either so right no yeah. i mean it's supposed to be something that's in a moment you're not supposed to just like i mean if you can all power to you but if you know if you're if you can't write then i don't think it should dictate whether you right. are considered a good actor or not for sure yeah. and sometimes like it's sometimes like i can do it like with a coach and we like use technique and you know i can cry but yeah. I think sometimes it's when you're in the room and there is a lot of pressure to do so, like it's, 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 it's challenging. Right. Sure. Yeah. I remember I had a, uh, an audition once and I had hurt my back before. So I had to go to a like last minute chiropractor appointment before the audition to see if, if she could fix my back. And she went in and she like moved one of my vertebrae around in the appointment. And I got out and I was running late to the audition in my back. Like I had never been in more pain in my entire life. And I went in and I just like hobbled in there. And it was for like a superhero project, which I wanted so badly. And I just like, they wanted me to be emotional in the scene. And I just could barely focus on anything else besides the pain in my back. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get there. And it was just such a bummer for me. Yeah. There's always these like factors that like come into play. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, to better things. Yeah. So much more. Yeah. I think these are the things that like make us better and stronger at what we do. Absolutely. Well, Liv, um, last thing from you, we don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm so busy, man. I have like <laughs> eight tapes that I have to get through. <laughs> but if, if uh, if you could give advice for somebody that was in your position um, growing up, what would you say to that person? And how would you sort of guide them? Um, I would say to be really open-minded and take opportunities, even if they seem like they suck. Um, 
that just builds your character and it determines whether or not you really want to do that thing, you know, and also working hard because you don't, you can't just sit there and not be proactive about the thing that you really want. So learn everything about the thing that you really like, read, read about it, talk to people who also like this subject and um, find a community because, you know, you need that to uplift you and be there. You need people to be there for you through all the good times and the bad times. And I'm really fortunate that I have friends like you guys who are in the same industry that I'm in where I can be like, hey, can you guys help me tape this? Or hey, can you run lines and stuff like that? And we 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 discuss, you know, work and all the other great things that come along with it. So yeah, finding your community and working really hard and being open to opportunities is what I would say to everyone right there. That's good. I feel like that's a good way to end it. Right. Yep, I agree. Liv, thank yeah, you for coming on. We're, we, we've been talking about having you for weeks now, so we're really happy that you made it. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, yeah. are, you guys are such great hosts. Oh, thank you. It's hard. I just follow his lead. No, stop it. Oh, you both are really, really good <laughs> to make the person feel very comfortable. And you guys have great yeah. Well, thanks, Liv. I will, I will see you in it in probably really soon, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck, Mark, in Indiana. Thank you, Olivia. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.